from the parking lot of a grocery store. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for uh, what's today? Today is the 27th of February. It is a Wednesday. And we welcome in to talk about the National Basketball Association, Mr. Kyle DeManincourt. Hello, sir. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? I'm good. Second ever, second ever, um, car second ever car bluetooth podcast in teeing it up history how you doing i'm actually doing a podcast right now (laughs) (laughs) so welcome bennett it's so great to have you nice to be here Uh, um one sports thing in what year do you think the jets will finally win the super bowl the year after i leave this planet That's unfortunately the plight of most Jet fans. Yes, I don't think I want them because how can you root for a winner? You can't root for a winner, you know? I believe if you're podcasting in the Jet philosophy of life, and that is work hard and lose. (laughs) And on that That note... my life. You don't know. And on that note, take care. Take care. You got it. Take care. Yes. Sorry. And that's my mom, and uh, we're going to have a a multi-person podcast here. All right. Um, This may be a bizarre podcast, which I think is a perfect segue to the Chicago Bulls season. Um, As a Bulls fan, what were your expectations coming in, and what have they lived up to, not lived up to? They obviously... Um, have made some moves here to try to better themselves for the future. Where's your head at on all this? Well, as a Bulls fan, you kind of learned the last decade to really not set any expectations for this team, to be honest. So uh, going into the season, uh, my biggest goal as a fan was to see player development, um, you know, develop those younger guys, you know, Markinen, Dunn, Levine, Carter, uh, Carter Jr., uh, and they've done that for the most part with a few exceptions. Um, honestly, I know it's the year of Zion and everybody doing what they can, uh, even though they're not you know, admitting that, but doing what they can to get Zion with the new draft lottery, lottery reform, things are a little bit different. Um, the Bulls probably, pending some luck, like the year they got Rose, will need a lot of luck, I guess, to get Zion number one. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, I like the Porter trade at the deadline, I think. I still think the Bulls have no idea which direction they want to go in. I think they're afraid to admit that they're in a rebuild because of the mark that they're in and the fact that they're first or second again in attendance this year. Um, so I like Porter as far as a fit goes on the court. Um, they've played pretty well, marking and done with Porter since he came over. Uh, his financial contract is a mess. It's, he's vastly overpaid. Um, but it's like Paxton said when they got him and take this with a grain of salt, but, you know, they're not going to attract major free agents this summer. It's just not a place right now, unfortunately, that big-time players want to come, so they figured this is the best way to use up their salary, their salary cap space, and I don't know really what to think, so hopefully, like I said, they can just keep developing these younger guys and, you know, figure out if, if this is the direction they really do want to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so much about building for the future and, and keeping your fans engaged. Um, all right, let's move off the Bulls because I don't think you want to talk about the Bulls for a podcast. Um, it's, our, it's, it's snowing here, Jerry. I'm already depressed. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I, it's it's here, Mom. Okay, sorry. As I said, bizarre podcast. Um, 
Um, of the four teams in the East that everybody's looking at, which is Toronto, Philly, Boston, and um, Milwaukee, who had the best trade deadline, in your opinion? Well, Milwaukee obviously didn't have to do much. I mean, they don't have a lot of cap space anyway to work with, so they really kind of stood pat, which which makes sense. I mean, they're one of the better teams in the NBA. Um, Boston obviously didn't do anything. I know their their whole hope and goal is they're holding out for Davis this summer, whether that comes to fruition or not. Philly obviously brought in the biggest star power. Um, you accrue or acquire guys like Tobias Harris, um, but with you know Simmons and Bede Butler. I mean, they're they're pretty loaded in that, that starting lineup. Granted, it did hurt their depth a little bit. Um, they are pretty weak on the bench, pretty thin. They still don't have enough shooting, I don't think. Uh, and then you look at Toronto. I, I I love Toronto even before the trade deadline. I Toronto was my team coming out of the East. I just love their depth and their length. And you add Marcus Gasol, and you know he may not have what he used to, but he's a smart player, great passer, good defender, can hit the three on pick and roll. So. I think Toronto of those four teams, um, and obviously they said star power for Philly, but star power isn't everything. Although in the playoffs, we've seen the star power is almost everything. So it's kind of one of those, you give enough depth if you're the Philly, if you're the Sixers, or if you're Toronto, you know, build around that, that pretty good starting lineup. Um, so as you look at the landscape of the East right now, who's your Eastern Conference Finals uh uh, second team, because obviously you, you still love Toronto and still think that they'll be there um, come uh, uh, come the finals. But who right now is the other team that that they have to um, match well, up against I mean, to get to the NBA finals? Yeah, if, if playoffs started today, we would have Boston Philly in the first round, which <laughs> is pretty crazy to think about that one of those teams would be knocked out in the first round. I mean, it almost be tough. As a fan, to realize that neither of them would be, one of them wouldn't be in the second round. I and mean, you expect those two to be contending for a championship. Hey, look, Boston um, hasn't had a good year. I mean, they just have no, not. They since Since Hayward came back, this is a case, I think, of a star coming back and actually making things worse instead of things better. They need Larry Bird. <laughs> they do need Larry Bird. They need Larry Legend to come back. But I, yeah, Boston, they don't seem to be gelling well right now. They don't. No. You know, Marcus Smart said it after last night's game. They're they're not getting along. They're, they're lacking something. Uh, there's definitely some chemistry issues. And I don't know whether that stems from how Kyrie has been. Uh, we all know Kyrie has his, his issues sometimes with, with the media, with teammates. We've seen it in the past. So I still think Brad Stevens can write that ship. But again, you're right. Hayward, and not to his fault. I mean, you know, coming right from that injury is just a miracle on itself. But I mean, it, it did kind of throw off the balance of the lineup. And I think a lot of the trade talk, too, has kind of guided them. They're a young team. Uh, we can't for, you know, forget that. They're a young team. And last year, they were the underdog. They came into this year as, I guess, the team that everybody was picking to come out of the East. So there's a little bit of a mindset change. They just need to get back to that underdog mentality. But I like the Bucs. Um, I think it's hard to deny what they did first half of the season. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league in, in different point differential. Uh, Budenholzer really has figured out that offense, how to really use Giannis the right way. Um, and they really spread the floor. They have a really bunch of nice complimentary pieces uh, behind Giannis. Uh, and I think they have a really good, they have a good method with, with, with which they play at. I mean, they love shooting the three ball. They, you know, don't give up a lot of points. Um, but they play to their style every game. And they force the opponent to play that style, and it's working. Talking to Conor Bandencore about the NBA. All right, let, let's 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 do the question that I have to ask, and then we'll move on to more interesting topics. 
Uh, what is wrong with LeBron and the Lakers, and are they even going to make the playoffs? Because right now they just seem like they're a team that did not need a one-week, um, um, uh, sorry, one-week All-Star break. They needed like a three-week All-Star break. I mean, there's some people who are just not happy there. Yeah, it's rough. Um, you know, they're a young team, obviously. And again, you know how I feel about LeBron. I'm not the biggest fan, but I mean, he, he kind of knew what he was getting into when he signed there. Um, again, this happens everywhere he is. Whether you know he likes to bring in his guys, whether it's say what you want. I mean, it's a tough way to if you're a teammate of his to kind of make us understand. But there's a lot of distractions. I mean, if you, you know, talking about the trade deadline, they were basically proposed half of the team for one player. I mean, if you're a player in that locker room, a young guy, how would you take that? I mean, how would you know that the, the best player on the planet? doesn't really want to play with you because he wants another superstar. I mean, to me, that as a young person, that you're already a little immature, that's, that's tough to swallow. So I think about distractions, I don't think LeBron, I think LeBron showed his age a lot more this year for maybe the first time in his career. Um, obviously, he was hurt, and it had a lot to do with it, but, you know, effort has nothing to do with injury. I mean, LeBron has taken a lot of plays off, more so than usual, especially on defense. He's not as aggressive on the offensive end as, as they need him to be. Um, and I just don't think the way he's handled the media and calling teammates out in public, and you know, I just don't think throwing your teammates under the bus is a, is a good, um, basically a good thing for a leader to do. So I think a lot of it starts with LeBron, fair or not, but again, this is his team, this is why he came here. So, you know, the Lakers, at this point, I don't see him making the playoffs. I, I never want to count on LeBron because it's still LeBron, but, you know, they're they three games behind, I believe like three, four teams for that eighth spot and they have I think the fourth hardest remaining schedule left in basketball. Yeah, it's it's um it's not easy for them. It is certainly not easy for them. Alright, we're we're gonna do this live on a podcast because this is just how this works. I would say pull into the garage and turn the car off. And then um and then there's gonna be a, a gap in time where the call's gonna keep going. And I'll just pick up your phone. No, no, no. You're saying that, 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 that a call made on the phone? F- folks, this is podcasting with, with car Bluetooth. What I'm saying is that if, if you pull in here like normal and turn off the car, the phone call will keep going on your cell phone. It did before when I mistakenly turned it off. No, 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 no. Pull in. Just go like normal, and then I'm just going to, when you turn off, I'm going to take this, put it on speakerphone, and Kyle and I will keep on talking. So that's giving you time, Kyle, to assess Mm -hmm. the Western Conference. And as we assess the Western Conference, what's fascinating to me is Denver. Denver has stayed up there. I don't think anybody thought Denver would legitimately be up at the top of this conference for this long. So, no, I agree. I mean, so yeah. now as we continue and hold that question for one second, to turn this. Oh, okay, what? Okay, hold on, just one second with your answer. Yep, go. Okay, you still with me? I'm here. Okay, so now we're not not now we're on a more conventional podcast. Um, <laughs> as as you look at the, the the landscape of the West with these Nuggets who have hung tough. Do you think this is for real? Do you think they back off? How do you think Denver handles the rest of this season? Oh, I definitely think they're for real. Um, I think they're pretty consistent. Uh, one of the more consistent teams in basketball. Uh, they're very deep. Uh, I mean, if you look at their lineup, they 
most nights they'll play 10, 10 guys. I mean, they're pretty deep at most positions. Um, Jokic is obviously a star. I love his game. I love what he is in that offense and that system. And Mike Malone just deserves, deserves a ton of credit. I mean, he's got these guys believing, got them playing hard. Um, they're one of those teams that, you know, no one really gave too much credit to the end of the year, obviously. And, um, and they're always been a pretty good team, but they've really taken the next step and really gelled well together as a unit. They're kind of like a group of misfits, really. I mean, just a group of guys that you really don't hear too much about besides Jokic. Um, you know, maybe Jamal Murray, but you know the other guys—they're stepping up, and I think they're definitely for real. Where do you view Golden State? Golden State's fascinating in that Golden State is a team that gets bored during the regular season. They admit it; they've gone through some ups and downs here. But when Curry's healthy and Curry's playing, they're one of the best teams in all of of, of, of basketball. At the same time, now you're working in Boogie. And you've got these Durant rumors about what's going to happen at the end of the season. They've got a lot of off-the-court issues that have kind of meandered in, into the on-court. How do you view this team and, and what they've done this year? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this is nothing new for Golden State. I mean, every year there's always someone trying to figure out, oh, what's wrong with Golden State or you know, why are they so distracted or why are they look so lazy. I think they battle themselves with just going through the motions, to be honest, quite a bit. I mean, yes, they've been more vulnerable this year, but again, like you said, they're working in, you know, a guy who was at one point a top five player in the league coming off a serious, serious injury. Um, I mean, Cousins is a great player, so they're working in him and doing a new system. They did obviously lose some depth um, this past offseason, but, you know, Golden State just, like I said, their, their biggest enemy is always themselves. I mean, if they can just keep their heads clear and right the ship, uh, I guess, by their standards, and I think they will. I mean, Steve Kerr, obviously, is a great coach, great motivator, great teacher. Uh, I, I don't think there's really much concern about Golden State, you know, pending some major injury. But, um, like I said, these, this happens in the NBA. It's, a, you know, you have your ups and downs. And when you're the team that everybody wants to target every night, you always got to bring your A game, and sometimes that's tough. This brings us to Houston, who got off to an atrocious start, and then James Harden decided, I'm going to single-handedly change things. Um He's doing what LeBron has done with all those horrible Cavs teams. He's single-handedly kept this going. It has been remarkable to watch what the heck um, they've done and, and, and just what they are. Not as deep as last year. They've gotten banged up, and yet Harden's keeping them in this thing every night. Oh, for sure. I mean, what he's done is, is remarkable. I mean, like I so said, we really haven't seen a streak like that since Wilt. And, you know, and the thing with Harden different than LeBron is Harden's playing in the West. I mean, there's really no let up in those standings. And you're right, they're not, they don't have as much depth or as much build as they did last year. Um, obviously, losing Ariza was a tough loss. They lost a couple other key pieces, but um, and Chris Paul's been in and out with injuries. So, yeah, Harden's carried that team, um, no doubt. College is coming back. So, you got to give him all the credit. And it's just a matter of, you know, I look at Houston every year and it's just like, do they have enough? I mean, as good as Harden is, as good as Chris Paul is, I just, I don't know. I, I wonder about the system. I wonder about the bench, you know, and at some point, you know, you do live and die by the three. And, you know, Golden State's the same way, but, I mean, Golden State has arguably three of the top shooters of all time. So, I mean, it's a little bit different when you're talking about efficiency versus volume with the Rockets. So, um, I think they'll be a big, a big tough out. In the playoffs, I think they battled Golden State really well in the regular season so far. They, they do different problems. Um, but again, that's a team that Golden State needs. They need a team that's going to push them. And I would love to see that matchup. Um, right now, that then brings us to Oklahoma City. 
Third right now in the conference, 16 games over 500. Westbrook and George are playing well together. I honestly think, but by the way, the fact that they're that the fact that they're going that they're retiring um, Nick Collison's number, I just think is hilarious and fantastic at the same time. Because of the impact he's had on that franchise since they moved to Oklahoma City. But secondly, I just find it fascinating that they're just lurking and they don't get talked about a lot. But this is a team that's got a ridiculous guy in Westbrook, a proven commodity on both ends of the court in Paul George. And they could be a really tough out in a hostile, hostile environment in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Everything you said is correct. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, and no disrespect to Giannis or to Harden, but I think Paul George is the MVP right now. I mean, I think with what he's been able to do in that Western Conference, and like you said, on both sides of the ball, I think he leads the league in steals. Uh, he's really improved his efficiency. He's just a go-to player. He looks completely different, more more secure now that he's locked up long-term there. He's happy. Uh, he does play really well with Westbrook and you know, Westbrook's obviously, Westbrook's one of those guys where, yeah, he's going to stuff the stat sheet. He's an extremely inefficient player. Um, I, I love his, his competitiveness, uh, but when you look at him overall, the player, he's very inefficient. But he gets the job done just because he puts in so much more effort than most players, and it really translate, translates well when he's playing with Paul George. And they really don't have a lot of terrific complementary pieces. I mean, Adam is a really good center. I like him a lot. Shooter's not bad. He's a good secondary ball handler, but you know, they're really doing it with those two guys, and you just hope that they have enough come playoff time to kind of get through that. Paul George is averaging 29, um, that's, that's the wrong number, 29, 4, and 8. Sorry, sorry, 29, 8, and 4 this season. And probably, what, three steals, two to three steals? Uh, steals per game is two, blocks per game is a half, um, Shooting 45% from the field, 40% from three, and 85% at the line. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yes, that is impressive. All right, Western Conference Finals is? Uh, well, obviously, it'll depend on the standings, but, um, hmm, wow. Well, Golden State, obviously, in my opinion, and another one is always a tough one. You know, I'd love to say Denver. I really would, but uh, I'm going to have to say I think the Rockets get there. I think, you know, Harden's good enough to win them two series on his own, you know, really. Um, and nothing again against the Nuggets, but I still think they're, they're younger. Um, they haven't really proven it yet. And again, Oklahoma City's a huge dark horse, but I don't know if getting through two series is enough for Westbrook and George. I don't know if they'll have enough to get further than that. So, um, Would you have traded Anthony Davis to, to the Lakers for that package? No, definitely not. I mean, and it's not even about the players. I mean, you can offer the world and a bunch of draft picks, but the whole thing with what was going on with LeBron and with the agents and with, you know, the so-called quote-unquote tampering, I don't blame New Orleans for not budging. I mean, they, they really, and it stinks for Del Denson. Maybe he made the right the wrong decision. Maybe he made the right one. We won't know. But um, they're a small market team, and, you know, you have to at least set some kind of message that, hey, look, we're not going to get bullied by these big markets because they want our guy. I mean, this is unprecedented. And, you know, Davis under contract for two more years. We have never seen a player do this no. two years out. I mean, and for a guy who came out beginning of the season all loyal and committed and to, to say this, you know, it's just, it's a lot of funny business in the NBA, obviously, like any sport. But, no, I mean, I, I think Pelicans, if, if you really are convinced that Boston is going to give up essentially Tatum and a bunch of picks, 
why would you not wait? I mean, plus you can get the p- potential of Zion Williamson in there if the Knicks end up landing Williamson. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of better potential packages than you know a couple of young guys who may or may not pan out. The winner of the NBA Finals right now in your eyes is Golden State. I know it's you know here it's every year and it's almost been put it on repeat, but uh, I do think this will get back again this year and they will repeat again. And then, you know, after this year, we'll see what happens. But um, I don't think there's a team really on their level in a seven-game series. I just think it's, it'd be tough to really see a team beat them four out of seven. If, if Durant's Durant and Curry's healthy, there's no better team out there. Right. Not that, yet, not that's, close. That's, 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 that's just the way it is. Kyle DeManincourt from uh, grocery store parking lot Bluetooth to my comfortable couch. Um, thank you for uh, for uh, navigating the wild, wild west of of uh, of this podcast and coming on teeing it up with Jeremy Schilling for this evening. My pleasure, Jeremy. I always love a good adventure. Yes, and uh, thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling.